Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hello and welcome into the podcast exclusive of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Thank you so much for downloading this podcast and supporting the show. If you uh, know anyone out there, your friends, uh, your family that enjoy the kind of things that we talk about here on the show, whether it be the serious topics like uh, we're probably about to have here with uh, Sheriff Dave Marshak, Uh, getting into some of the news stories and talking about Second Amendment rights and that sort of stuff. Uh, And then also the lighter topics like uh, camping and fishing and hunting. And we had a great conversation this week on the show with former St. Louis Cardinal Dimitri Young, who, as he was talking with us, was standing on the beach looking at the Pacific Ocean and fishing in (laughs) the ocean. So just incredible stuff. Uh, If you know people in your life that would enjoy these types of conversations, please share this podcast with them. And we certainly appreciate everybody for uh, downloading the podcast of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. So as I mentioned, joining us this week on the podcast exclusive is the sheriff of Jefferson County, Sheriff Dave Marshak, who we only had a few minutes with on the show this week, but... um, that's the beauty of this podcast exclusive. It gives us some extra time to have conversations uh, with our with our guests. And, uh, Sheriff, it's always great to talk with you, my friend. How are you? Always uh, good to be on. I appreciate it. And, uh, hey, I'm also happy to uh, talk uh, hunting here and there. And uh, Yeah. <laughs> took a little bit of time off to put some food plots in this last week, so I'm gearing up for bow season as well. All right. So let's, um, uh, let's start here locally. There's been stories... Um, the city of St. Louis is, has uh, just this week reinitiated some restrictions on businesses. We've seen the state of Illinois really cracking down on uh, on their pandemic restrictions and, you know, uh, enforcing the rules there now with, uh, you know, using law enforcement to enforce the rules, using things like fines. Um, what is the latest there in Jefferson County and what are you guys experiencing uh, with we're, we're basically where are we at right now with this pandemic in, in your area and, and how you guys are responding to it? Well, I think as a region, we have larger issues to worry about mm. than being the mass police. I mean, let's look at the numbers this morning. You had 165 homicides in the city of St. Louis. Uh, it'll be very disappointing to me uh, if we learn of police officers in the city of St. Louis enforcing a mass policy. I've seen it where they've done it on the other side of the river. And uh, again, it doesn't surprise me in Illinois. 
But uh, I think we should focus on, you know, really uh, doing some of the things that are important to keep our community safe. And I don't know that being mass police is one of them. I will tell you that uh, in Jefferson County, obviously, we don't have some of those numbers that uh, uh, some of the other areas have, but I don't see a envision a future for us in which we're uh, ever enforcing mass policy like that. And, uh, and I, I do have a question, you know, in my area where I live, uh, I'm hearing a lot of practicing going on with firearms. Mm. Um, are you getting are you getting a, a bump in numbers on calls uh, for for, you know, fire fire or for firearms being discharged mm. where they maybe weren't before? You know, I don't know that we're necessarily seeing that. And then, of course, Jefferson County is a very pro Second Amendment county. Um, we have a, a population that uh, believes in not only the Second Amendment, but uh, also in hunting and fishing and love the outdoors and have appreciation for the outdoors. Yeah. So I haven't seen an yeah. increase in those calls for service. I will tell you that's uh, something that's concerning for us that we remind uh, all of our com- people in our community about when it comes to the Second Amendment and firearms is is that firearm safety. Unfortunately, a couple weeks ago, we had a child get a hold of a weapon and kill himself. Mm. And, um, and those things are, you know, near and dear to us, especially those, you know, that teach CCW to uh, go back and, and make sure that we're teaching those basic firearm safety fundamentals of, you know, keeping the gun away from children and, um, you know, keeping, keeping it locked up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and there's a lot of things to talk about that, but I will tell you, in terms of those numbers, uh, Bo, I haven't seen an increase uh, in calls for service attributed to discharge of firearms. Well, for the record, I'm not the one calling if there's any calls. Cause I'm, are, I, you I the go, one, are you the one practicing? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, no, you, because, hey, like you said, safety is key, but yeah. you've got to know your weapon. And it's such a great reminder, and we've talked a lot about this, but it's it's something that you can't be reminded of enough. In a year where we've seen s- such high levels of gun sales— and first time particularly, gun yes, for particularly first time gun buyers, um, that's all happening at a time when most of these classes have been shut down. So a lot of these people are buying guns for the first time and CCW classes aren't even available because, you know, the, the gathering laws are you know not happening. We talked about um, Southern Armory. Our buddy Aaron Tarlow teaches CCW classes. They're just about ready to get those going again at Southern Armory, which is really great. So if you are one of these people that is a first-time gun owner, or maybe you've been a long-time gun owner, but you, you know, it's been a long time since you fired it, it's a really good idea to go get some training. You know, get that CCW license, go to a class, make sure, sure you have the education um, on how to handle those firearms um, yeah. after you get them. Go ahead, sheriff. I think it's important, and I think uh, you know maybe let's uh, plot ahead for the next one and, and talk about some of those things. Uh, I intend to generate some do's and don'ts uh, to kind of help our CCW holders in Jefferson County out a little bit. And, and there's some basic things that uh, we see from tactical observations of, you know, some of these sidearms that are hanging loose uh, on the belt or not using a holster and tucking them in uh, by the pant waist. And they're easily to, you know, fall down sometimes. And I think there's a lot of things that we can do as a community to remind uh, our pro Second Amendment people to uh, work smart and be responsible with your guns. So I want to. There's there's several stories that happened this week around the country, and if we tried to take them one by one, we would be here all day. So I'm going to read these three stories, 
and um, and then I want to get your just overall reaction to it, Sheriff. And if you wanted, if we want to dig into to one or two of them, we we can. But um, uh, like I said, there's so much to unpack that even on the podcast exclusive, we don't have that kind of time. Um, so in Chicago this week, uh, the mayor Lori Lightfoot lashed out at reporters after being asked if the rise in crime there is because for so long in the city of Chicago. Crimes have been committed with little consequence. Of course, the mayor got all bent out of shape about that question, but I think it's a very legitimate question, and I think it says something about Chicago. You know, they've had these, uh, uh, you know, they've 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 kind of been lax and and you know tried to uh, uh, police, I guess, a different way, and seems to be backfiring on them. So we had that in Chicago this week on the show. We briefly mentioned what happened in Seattle with the police chief there, Carmen Best. Uh, the first black police chief uh, in that city's history has been on that force for almost 30 years. Uh, she resigned after the city council in Seattle voted uh, almost unanimously, 7 to 1, to cut the police budget by $4 million and up to 100 officers. So uh, Chief Best said that, you know, she couldn't... Uh, she we couldn't continue to lead, you know, un, uh, under those circumstances. And then in Portland, just a couple of days ago, they changed the law in Portland, uh, which will now allow hundreds of people to be let out of jail with no charges. The new policy, the new law in Portland drops charges against people who were arrested for interfering with a peace or parole officer. Uh also releases people dropped on charges of disorderly conduct, criminal trespass, her and harassment and riot. All of those things are you you'll be those charges are being dropped and there will be no um, uh, no consequences for them unless the charges were accompanied by some other charge of physical violence or property damage. So hundreds of people in Portland are being let out of jail and uh, their record essentially clear for things like interfering with an officer, disorderly conduct, criminal trespass, harassment and riot. All now seemingly OK in the city of Portland. Those are depressing stories, Chief, uh, <laughs> Sheriff. And um, uh, I've got the- I've got this. I'm going to rapid fire these. Okay, go for it. All right. On the city of Chicago, there has to be consequences when you're not holding people accountable for other crimes. Uh, Expect larger crimes. Uh, We're creating Mm -hmm. this environment of lawlessness. And I will tell you that uh, we're seeing it in our region when prosecutors fail to act and um, are using that authority to allow people to run free with no consequences. Uh, you're creating a, an environment where you can expect that, and you'll expect more lawlessness in the future. That's Chicago. Uh, I listened to probably five or six hours of the Seattle City Council uh, conferencing and budget talks uh, in terms of defunding their police department. I have a lot of family in Seattle. It's something that I really paid attention to. Uh, I've met uh, Chief Best, uh, matter of fact, most recently mm. at the IACP conference in Chicago. Spent a few minutes with her. I've always been a fan. I can't believe that uh, the people that are uh, putting together the architecture of destroying the police would get rid of the uh, police chief who is the first African-American police chief of a major department in this country. It is unbelievable to me. 
and um, to hear what's going on in the city of Seattle, they're going to pay a price uh, for what they're doing. Because here's the thing, police budgets are 85 to 90% personnel cost. And so if you're talking about making huge cuts, you're talking about people that are actually doing stuff, responding to calls for service. So you can expect increasing crime. In Portland, uh, I have a background, you know, with SWAT. I have many friends in the special operations community uh, that have friends and networks that are people on the ground. Those officers are dealing with people with five-watt lasers, shooting them, and uh, commercial-grade fireworks uh, at the police officers. They're, um, you know, focusing those five-watt lasers into the officer's eyes to cause permanent damage. And um, a couple of weeks ago, somebody used a Chinese-manufactured cell jammer. All of the uh, cell phones that the police officers had that night went dead. And so these are organized protests that we should really be concerned about, not just some movement. This is going far beyond that, and that should be a concern. And finally, since we're we're rapid-firing here, Mm -hmm. I want to mention one other thing because I've seen some criticism with the concerns of federal assets being deployed in the city of St. Louis to address some of our criminal issues. And I will tell you that many law enforcement officers and many law enforcement leaders who are not being vocal have really pushed for that legislation that uh, is being introduced and floated by Governor Parson because law enforcement leaders throughout metropolitan St. Louis are concerned that we are not getting charges here in the city of St. Louis, and that crime is leaking over. So, you know, there's one, two, three, four different issues. I know there's a lot of different issues out there, uh, but I will tell you I've seen some of the criticism, you know, associated with this legislation, and I completely support legislation uh, to be more aggressive on criminal conduct. And uh, I don't know that even though, you know, Parson mentioned it in a uh, press conference and the attorney general was there and he's on board with the idea, that came as a result of many, many leadership discussions of law enforcement community saying we have to get a hold of this. And uh, and I think that's, you know, where that's coming from. Uh, you know, St. Louis, or correction, Kansas City, is talking about uh, most recently, I think today, was talking about budget cuts to law enforcement, and they've got uh, increasing crime. So, you know, I think we have to have realistic discussions about what it is when police are not policing and we're not holding people accountable for these crimes. You know, Sheriff, it's the, it's like the the famous analogy of if you just woke up from a 10-year coma, you know, or maybe you went on some you went on some excursion to the North Pole and you've been gone for a few years and you get back and you all of a sudden you're in a world that you're, you're turning on the news and you're you're catching up on, you know, the state of of the country. And you see that the way that many big cities and a lot of people out there believe the think the way to stop crime or limit crime or make cities safer is by cutting the police defunding the police taking officers off the street and that's the plan to make things safer it just it's it's bizarro world have you seen that movie idiocracy i have not (laughs) i have not no what is it is it i'm sure many of your listeners have and but I will tell you, it's uh, it's part two of idiocracy, and I'm a little concerned about the dumbing down of some of the decisions that we're making and some of the people that are making these decisions because yeah. nothing good's going to come of it. I mean, the fact is, if you pay attention to history and, um, you know, you hit the rewind button on your memory, uh, this has been 
you know, bef- we've gone down this road before. We've learned. We've evolved from it. Uh, law enforcement needs to continue to evolve. We can always do better. We can certainly create a more professional law enforcement section uh, that is more conducive to building community trust. But the reality is we have a segment of society that is violent and that needs to be responded with uh, strong law enforcement, and we need to hold people accountable. And and I think, uh, you know, defunding them and making things in place where it's more difficult to get qualified people to come into the profession is going to be counterproductive. And I, I think if we're demanding professional police, we need to invest more in those law enforcement agencies to make sure we're getting professionals. Mm-hmm. So that investment, and before we let you go, Sheriff, what are um, reinvestment or maybe training in certain areas? What are some of the, you know, uh, reforms or, you know, changes that could be made positively to the law enforcement community that you would be that you would be all for? Well, look, you're going to have to invest in compensation packages that are conducive to attracting professionals. Mm. Let's face it, uh, after 14 and the events of Ferguson, it was difficult to get um, high-quality police officers. They're still out there, and they're still coming on board, but not like we need. And uh, I think moving forward in the future, if we're wanting professionals, we're going to have to treat them as professionals. Uh, At the same time, we need to hold ourselves accountable to make sure that uh, we are being professional with our community. So I think there's a lot of things that go into building a great police culture that is um, consistent with what the community wants, but I think we need to invest in those agencies to make those things happen. Sure. For people that are listening that live in Jefferson County and they just want to get some of their, you know, if they have some of these similar questions or they just want to, you know, know what's happening, what uh, you guys are uh, dealing with, working on news coming out of Jefferson County, is there any particular websites or social media or anything that people can go and check out? Yeah, so I'm always on Twitter at Sheriff Marshak. Uh, also, we're very active on social media uh, and on our Facebook page. So feel free to reach out to us anytime. And I will tell you that for any of the listeners out there, if they email me or a phone call, I'm always on the phone. I'm an elected sheriff, so I recognize that uh, my success is attributed to them and mm-hmm. them voting. And, and so I want to make sure that I'm accessible to everybody. Great stuff. That is Sheriff Dave Marshak from Jefferson County. We always appreciate your time uh, getting uh, taking some time for us to join us on the show here. So uh, looking forward to the next chance to talk with you, Sheriff. Thanks so much for today. Hey, everyone. Have a great day, and um, let's get ready for hunting season. Yeah, let's do it. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that next time we have you on. Thanks, Sheriff. Have a good day. You bet. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast exclusive for our producer, Chad Ellis, and my partner, Bo Matthews. I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.